0: Happy New Year, guys! Guess what? Starting today, all of Castle Massey's body products are marked down up to 25% off their celebrated soap sale, so you could take advantage of that, plus you're going to get an additional 30% off because you're an Cast fan. All you need to do is use the code OUTLANDERCAST at checkout. Hi, this is Angie from rainy
1: Seattle, Washington, and you're listening to Outlander Cast with Marion Blake.
0: All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. What just happened to my mouth? What just happened to me, guys? Oh, well. It's not like I've said this.
2: Just keep, just keep talking over the intro. Might as well. What'd you have for dinner today?
0: Cookies and beer.
2: <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. Might as well just keep talking. <laughs> Hey, it's New Year, new rules. Screw it. You know? Nothing sacred. Not even Raya. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's still in the days of Christmas. If you partake of the 12 days of Christmas. Which we do. Which we do. I hope that you're still having your Christmas cookies and drinking your White Christmas Sam Adams beer, because that's how we roll in this part of the country, my friends. Uh,
2: cl- Click it. There it is. Javáin. <laughs> we're drinking Sam Adams White Christmas beers, eating, uh, I don't know, what was the cookies that you These made? These are shortbread. shortbread. These are shortbread cookies. cookies. Tammy
0: like, Spencer would be very proud of with me. With
2: like little nonpareils, you yep. know, that are in them. And uh, we're having a fun time.
0: So in case I don't know you, what's going on guys? How's it going? <laughs> wicked, My name's Mary.
2: Wicked classy start to I'm the really show. I'm really classy today. <laughs> My name's Blake, and I was just going to say, I'm so frackin' happy that the holidays are over. <laughs> oh, to be honest, and it's not because I'm not being merry. It's not because I don't love cr- the Christmas season. I I do. It's more because it's just so freaking busy. It is busy, man. Oh man, it's taken us taken us this long just to get to listen to feedback for Wilmington.
0: Whether we were hosting, whether we we were being hosted, whether we had to see family or our kids were just bananas,
2: well, it all went for out me. the window. I know, like it's just the busiest time of the year for me. Truly, everyone
0: needs their coffee.
2: You know, everyone's got to get coffee. Everyone's got to get donuts. They all got to get gift cards. You know, we're out here working like crazy and parties and. So just, we're back. We're back. We're here. We're, we're getting
0: we're, back into the routine. I'm still eating shortbread.
2: <laughs> we're still drinking, but beers. we're here. <laughs> so, of
0: course, this is, as Blake said, the listener feedback episode. But before we get into the show, if you are new, I promise you, I'm not generally eating shortbread cookies. Or having light like
2: Christmas beer. Or we don't generally talk over the intro like,
0: Yeah, we're very, we're generally. We're actually kind of professional. <laughs> <laughs> but if you'd like to hit the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice, that would be amazing. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all those places. Just search the word Outlander Cast. You can also become an official member of the Outlander Cast clan at OutlanderCastClan.com. there you can get great benefits, super duper extras, like after doc podcast episodes, access to giveaways, you're going to hear more about that later, free swag, all sorts of goodies. So check that out OutlanderCastClan.com. And
2: we also wanted to remind you if After listening to this beginning of this episode, for whatever ungodly reason, you actually want to continue listening to us and hang out with us uh, for whatever particular reason, you can actually do so. We are having a finale party for season four. It is happening right here in Little Rhodey in Newport, Rhode Island, the most colonial place that Rhode Island has to offer and it's all happening on January twenty seventh. You can get tickets to this event at OutlanderCastFinaleParty.com. dot com. Again, OutlanderCastFinaleParty.com dot com to get your tickets to come hang out with a bunch of Outlander nerds. That's right. Eat some good food, drink some good beer, good local Newport beers, <laughs> have some good local <laughs> Newport whiskey. My goodness! Some live, uh, live music, and a screening of the finale, and you get a chance to have a live podcast. You you can see it like a real studio audience for Mary and I putting on the podcast for the finale, much like how we did last year. So if you want to get a taste of what it would be like, you can actually go to our YouTube channel and just look up the finale party uh, for last year and you'll get to see what it's like. So I'm really excited about it. Can't wait can't wait to have some uh, white Christmas beers with you
0: well it would be different by that point but That's yes true. so let's let's get into this episode
2: let's do it Well, on the website, we got one from Nancy. She says, hello, Mary and Blake. Love your podcast. And it is the first time commenting here. Welcome. Thank you very much. She says, my kilt rating is 4.8. I really enjoyed this episode until the very end when I realized that every Fraser has been raped at some point in this series. Wait, what? What is up with Diana? What the hell? My good is Murtaugh and the Fergus reunion. It was such a throwback moment for me. And with so much reunions this season, I think Outlander should change the name to Reunions. Just putting the <laughs> idea out there. The bad, however, yes. is Bree and Roger post-coitus. And I mean, it's like Ross and Rachel all <laughs> over oh again. Nice reference. Wow. Nice reference. That is great. No! It's like Ross and Rachel all over again. It was just too much drama on, it, on again, off again, and they seemed to behave as some stubborn teenagers. Don't get me wrong. I love me some drama, but it feels like they take one step forward and two steps back over and over and over again. Then again, I'm curious to see how this thing will turn out between them by the end of the season. Her great, though, is, and this may come as a surprise, when Jamie hit the hernia guy and pretended Like it was an accident. It was a laugh out loud moment for me. I just enjoyed it so much. We don't really get much comedic scenes in Outlander, but I appreciate these little moments. Like when Claire was talking to the coconut. Wait, was it a coconut? Yes, it was a coconut. (laughs) Back in season three. Everybody talked to Coco and, you know... Hey, it is what it is, man. Love it. People People talk to Coco.
0: Julie wrote in and said, Blake and Mary, enjoy your podcast of the show, and I'm usually agreeing or disagreeing with your analysis non-verbally as I listen on my morning walks. This time, though, I felt the need to address something to you and Blake in terms of your desire for Outlander to stop using rape as a plot point in driving a story forward. Mm-hmm. Mary was right women both in the 18th century and still in the 21st century do not have the same privilege as a white male in going about their business free of any harassment. And if Outlander uses rape as a plot point, it's because it happened and it continues to happen. We do not like it happening to us, so please don't say, oh, rape, that old nugget again, paraphrase. It demeans us and does not place value on what women experience around the world on a daily basis. Outlander has exposed the vulnerabilities of people, not in a position of power and the continuing trauma they have to live with. Um, and I'm totally on board with that. So choose your words carefully, Blake. They have impact.
2: Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for saying that. And again, that, I think this was the reason why when we were talking about this the last episode, Mary, I was saying, I don't want to, to quote Hamilton, I don't want to sound indelicate. Um, I did everything I could to not sound indelicate. I guess what I was getting at at the time was, Yes, rape is a is a thing that is ever present in this world. Uh it, it is undeniable. It's a fact, it's fact, not a opi- not opinion, okay? And what I'm saying here does not diminish that at all. What I guess I am saying is even though it happens, the story doesn't dem- shouldn't necessarily demand to use rape as something to push the story forward for characters. As a, as a creator, I think you have an obligation to put your characters first. I think you have an obligation to put your character relationships first. And if you need to move plot forward, there are many many ways to do that. And whether it's from Diana, who often uses it in her books, or it's the show, which has been using it often in the show, I think the creators have an obligation to to find other ways. Instead of resorting back to something that is has and is used in movies and in in television often. And it's and speaking on just a creative term alone, just on creativity alone, it's insensitive, in my opinion. Um, And it is also not very creative. It's just not very creative. And I'm not, That doesn't mean that it happens, and I'm, I'm not diminishing the fact that it happens every day in the real world. But just because it happens in the real world doesn't necessarily mean that it has to happen in your show. It can happen. There's there's a great conversation to be had, but that doesn't mean it has to happen in the
0: show. I think, you know...
2: Or as often as it does, with little to no meaning to some characters at some point. Like you said, Like remember in season two when all of a sudden she was going to get raped by the guy for no reason when Claire was and it was like okay what are we doing here do you know what I mean
0: yeah if you're going to let me talk
2: sorry I, 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 apologize. <laughs> I apologize you're right you're right but having too much white Christmas yes you have
0: <laughs> um, I think that bringing up this point is good in a situation where it doesn't necessarily drive the point forward I think that hammering this opinion on this particular episode is not a smart move And so I think that that's what this writer was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think you should pick and choose your battles of, of saying that, you know, there's too much rape in the show and that it doesn't always need to be used moving the plot forward when um, this episode it was done very well in, yes. in an awkward sense in, in, it is moving the context. plot and it is moving the plot forward and you know we're gonna see repercussions of this and we've seen repercussions of many of the assaults um, to these people so sure. I just think that maybe you picked a poor choice time to have this battle
2: well no I mean I think we've 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 talked about this before. Um, but okay, I'll I'll go along to get along. I understand. I get it. On Facebook, Doris Schmitz Littman says, "I just remembered that the reason Stephen Bonnet can run around Wilmington is because he escaped in Charleston, not Wilmington." Excellent point, Doris. Excellent, excellent, excellent point. Just because he he he's in he's in Wilmington doesn't mean that you know people are gonna recognize him. He's just some jabroni that happened to get caught in Charleston, right? That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Marlo Jones wrote in Said listen to the podcast This afternoon I practically spit my coffee Out laughing Mary was so funny Talking about the lady bits And man bits And I so agreed With your commentary Mary I did love that scene With Marsley too As a mom I've done some very hard stuff To protect my kids I can relate And the way you talked About yourself And your sexual assault Broke my heart But you are a
2: survivor A warrior woman You and Blake Make a great team That's my wonder woman Right there My Amazon Mm -hmm. My Amazonian princess Why thank you Commonly Lee says, okay, outlandish theory from a non-book reader. Does anyone other than non-book readers find it coincidence that Fergus works at the same printer that printed the obituary? Since I assume that they can't kill our main characters. Very smart point, Carmen. Maybe it is a future plot point of some kind. Why would it be a Wilmington publication if they are pretty far from Wilmington? I feel that it's some fake news, (laughs) oh, good one, Uh, planted for some reason. And I know it's pretty outlandish, but just throwing it out there. Well, I have to play the outlandish theory. Marvin, what do you think of Common's uh, outlandish theory?
0: I think it's very interesting.
2: Like interesting or like, ooh, interesting?
0: Very interesting.
2: Chuck, what do you think? Mock me. Please hang up and try again. Bonnie Prince Chuck.
0: Rebecca and Sarah on Facebook said, I have missed Fergus as well. Mary, need more Fergus. And Blake, I agree with you. I don't believe Bree and Roger have done everything they can to be together to show they love each other no matter what. That fight really isn't believable. And the timeline of everything really didn't show well on screen. It's weird because it really didn't hit me that Roger leaving was such a big deal until people started mentioning it. I'm not fully pointing my finger at him because Bree said some hurtful things to him. What was he supposed to do? It was just a sad situation all around. And I wish it didn't happen because I feel like it didn't have to happen, at least not that way. And I liked what Mary said about the rape scene. She said, thank you, Mary, for sharing your experience with us. How honest. Thank you. And I agree with you, Blake, that the people, um, the person who... Is straightening up the boots. That was crazy. Who was that? I thought it was funny listening to you talk about the sex scene. Plop. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Um,
2: You know, going back to that episode, there was this moment when I looked at the pants and it looked like Roger's pants. And I'm not saying it was Roger who fixed the I think boots. it was
0: one of like the people sitting at the table.
2: It's possible. It's certainly possible. But I don't know how you can escape those big bird pants. You know? No, <laughs> like... that's like
0: sailor pants. I know. So I think that that's why it was his peeps.
2: I know, I know. Uh, Donna Antaramian says, Mary, you had me at Harry nipple. You're welcome. <laughs> Anna Spain says, Mary, I'm listening to the podcast and currently at the part about Rick Rankin and his body and how it is expected of women to be naked All but the bushes. Seriously. But men don't have to be as naked. Or when they do, it's a huge freaking deal. For example, Chris Pine in Outlaw King. I saw an interview with Chris Pine and he was talking about this specific issue. How it was expected and not shocking to see his co-star, Florence Pugh, in The Buff. Where you see his bushes and the world was shocked and surprised that he would let it all hang out. And I see male stars are starting to see the difference. And... Pointing it out.
0: Good. I'm glad. I'm glad people are pointing it out. Not yep. just me. <laughs> Jasmine Campbell-Claussen said, hey, Blake Larson, I really liked how you paralleled the P.S. I Love You and Notebook Fights with the chemistry with Brie and Roger. That's my baseline for good chemistry. And I love Sophie as Brie. I'm convinced. But the Roger and Brie chemistry is not at those levels yet. Even Claire and Jamie had loads more chemistry, even being prearranged. I think Roger and Bree both have a lot growing up to do on their own before they can come together and be the best they can for each other. The 1700s should rough them up a little bit before they feel the need for each other. There is something there, just young and undeveloped in their identities. As for the conversation on Rapin, the question Blake poses, is It is reality an excuse for storytelling? Outlander has certainly pushed the bounds for me as a book reader and show watcher. We have seen death church abuse, religious manipulation, male-on-male rape, child abuse, one ear nailed. We've seen horrific prison punishment, torture, illness, the list goes on. And I think if I were to see anything worse, I might have to stop watching. All this to say that art imitates life. And we have seen a lot of drama in this series. For me, each torture scene, each each manipulation of a character, each rape brings with it pain and is hard to watch mentally. I'm not numb to it. And if I do become numb to it, I might need to find a way to soften my heart again. This (laughs) is a show about humans. And humans can be great. And they can be horrible. And I just want to keep reading. Because I want to see how these characters heal. And move on with their lives. So yes, I think reality is an excuse for storytelling. It makes us remember our humanity.
2: Bam. What's up there? A winner. If there was ever an argument for me to be convinced by, uh, I think that this would probably be the right argument. Uh, so Jasmine, thank you for 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 saying this because art does imitate life. It is something that happens. And it's important. And sometimes life imitates art. It's one of those uh, crazy chicken and egg situations. Like, you know what? What? Like when Jennifer Aniston got the uh, the Rachel haircut. <laughs> Speaking of Friends, all of a sudden everybody wanted to get the Rachel. You know, and I'm not, I know it's a bad you know comparison, comparing the Rachel to, to rape and everything that happens on Outlander. I get it, but it is an indicator that life imitates art, and art imitates life. I would just say that I think Outlander has done a great job, especially in the previous episode in in Wilmington. And if they're going to go down the route that they've gone down, if you're going to do it, do it in an interesting way. And do it in a way that helps enlighten your character and it helps enlighten your story. And even though we didn't necessarily get a chance to see the actual event itself, it helped enlighten the people that are in the area. And it helped enlighten the situation that Brie finds herself. Stephen Bonnet is there. And he is a guy that gets away with things. And the fact that this happened in a room just outside of a populated bar and nobody did anything. It tells you about the world that they're living in. Mm And it did it in an artful and interesting way, which is why I think what happened was, at least in terms of the show giving it to us, was actually a really interesting and cool way to do it.
0: a quick break because we want to remind you that while Castle Massey is a fragrance forward brand, perhaps one of their best lines is actually entirely fragrance free. Their line of Dr. Hunter's Original Remedies is a line of super healthy apothecary products. So, similar to Castile Soap, everything else in Hunter's apothecary line is actually free of artificial fragrance. Because these products are not consumed by trying to get the prettiest smell, the focus can be and is in fact entirely is on only using the best ingredients. In this line, Castle Massey offers a light, natural, but super-duper thorough body cleanser, a hair wash that cleans deeply without ever over-drying, hand and foot creams that use natural essential oils to condition and to soothe the skin, as well as a lip and cuticle preparations made from only the best ingredients. Oh,
2: lip lip products, Listen.
0: huh? This time of year, if your lips are being chapped, that's what I'm talking about. Well, this line is one of Castle Massey's proudest creations. And they use it as an inspiration for each of their other products. But with this line, they've perfected it practically. I mean, literally, it's like, it's just what it is, what you get, it's perfect. (laughs) And starting today, all of Castle Massey's body products, Dr. Hunter is included, are marked down up to 25% off for their celebrated soap sale. So you could take advantage of that. Plus, because you're an OutlanderCast listener, you get an additional, that's right, additional, in addition to the 25, you're getting an additional 30% off. All you need to do is use the code OUTLANDERCAST at checkout.
2: So we get some comments from the OutlanderCast clan at OutlanderCastClan.com. You ready for this? Fantastic. Martha says, I don't know if I've ever both laughed hysterically and then cried listening to your podcast, but today I did. Mary, thank you for sharing something so personal and painful with all of us. I also want to thank you for making a point about telling these stories. Sometimes it feels like it is just thrown in there for drama and plot, but not this time. Like Jamie, this will change Brianna forever, and it's an important story to tell. I've got members of my immediate family who have been sexually assaulted and it's shocking and sad to see how common it really is. And I thought the show handled it well. And what the show is not handling well though is how it's portraying Roger's character. And now I love Roger and I'm sad that the non book readers are getting this impression of Agreed. Him. Marvin, you are the local Roger Roger you Yeah, the Roger lover You are you are absolutely one hundred percent on this Roger train. Sign me up. I mean, you are on the Roger train with the, with the first class ticket. You you got like like the, the cafe club, you know, and then and then you go into the one with the bunk beds and you sleep in the bunk beds. Oh, yes, just and, like White Christmas. Yes, just yep. like White Christmas. You, you're you're in there with Bing Crosby, Danny Kay, and Roger. Snow,
0: snow, snow. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's me. So, how do you how are you feeling about how they're portraying Roger in this season so far?
0: Well, I could tell you that as a book reader. I already know and love Roger and I think that Rick Rankin does an extraordinary job as Roger. Would I like to have some more time with him? Yep. I, I sure would except there's only 13 dang episodes. So here's what I want to tell y'all. If you're a show watcher and you don't love yourself some Roger yet, just hold on tight spider monkeys. Just hold on tight.
2: Say it. Out loud.
3: Because you're going <laughs> to.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, Amber Kemmerling says, I enjoyed the episode more the second time watching after listening to your podcast, Marion Blake. Thank you very much. Great job. But has anyone noticed on the show opener that it is not Brianna, but looks like Fiona at the stone with her purse? Is this just supposed to be her watching Roger go through? It just finally stuck out to me because I slowed down to watch some of the initial details in this episode. Maybe some already covered it on Facebook or something. Maybe Blake has a guess on that. I don't know. But as a book reader, I'm finding the twists and differences from the book just fascinating. It keeps an element of surprise to it, and keep doing what you're doing, Aww. and she's sad that she cannot join us in Rhode Island for the finale party. Well, sorry. Amber, I'm sorry. That sucks. We want you to be there. But yes, that is something that we actually have talked about. We have talked that it, it looked to be Fiona at the stone mm-hmm. who was touching it, uh, given the length of the hair in the modern clothing style, and seeing that it could not be Brianna, because when Brianna touched the stone, she, her, her hair was up and not only that the color of the hair was quite dark agreed so it wasn't going to be Claire because she's already been through the stone she ain't ever going back and so it's got to be fiona right it's got to be fiona yeah yeah it has to be
0: it's it's what she was wearing yeah during and, that scene and, saying goodbye to roger right yes. and i
2: think roger goes through and what they probably did not well, what what well but they probably cut out of the episode was fiona and her reaction mm-hmm. And going to touch the stone to maybe see if she could go too. I mean, who knows? It could be anything, or maybe it was just like, "Holy crap, that really <laughs> happened!" That was—it's like doubting Thomas. He has to Let touch the touch ribs, it. you know. Exactly. Uh, That—that—that's probably probably what happened.
0: Angela Hickey wrote in and said, thank you, Mary, for what you said about the rape. I feel the same way. It is truth and has a purpose. Also, I am bothered by some of their choices with Roger. I think they made some missteps there, especially without all of the positive relationship and connection they have had cut for time. Totally agree, Angela. There hasn't been enough of that to balance out all the tension they are showing. For instance, we could handle Jamie's actions in The Reckoning because of the um because of the positive to carry us over. But with the show, it hasn't been the case I'm with Roger reading. and Bree in the show. <laughs> Plus, some of their choices makes Roger look worse. It's bothering me because I love Roger's character in the books, and people are getting the wrong impression with some of the show's streamlining. Hopefully, they will start making a turn for that. They have also made certain things too obvious, in my opinion. That being said, I liked a lot about this episode. Loved the reunion, hand fasting and sex with Roger and Bree. Also loved Jamie's face when Tryon said, Washington's day will come.
4: Here comes the LOL.
0: Washington. I always loved those moments in the book and show. The rape was well executed, but I felt kind of bad Sophie went through all she did to film it and it was cut. Four point seven kilts, I think, for me on this one, Mary.
2: I just wanted to say thank you for for giving me a moment to to gather myself and overcome the excitement I had of a George Washington moment, and allowing me the time to actually hit the button. I, I just wanted to say that thank you very much. You're welcome, Patricia Baron Tardio says thank you, Mary and Blake, for just another yet enjoyable podcast. Getting the rape out of the way first, I truly appreciate the way that it was presented to us. And as horrible as the actual rape is, I found it even more unbearable to hear Breeze please for help and to just see the young and old men and women just sitting there. That, to me, was the supreme tragedy and was very painful to watch. Yes, the straightening of the boots, oh my god, and the knife in the opened wound. And I'm with you, Mary. Sophie nailed the expression on her face and demeanor following the rape. I know too. I mean, I too know. And it was dead on. But there were some things that really bothered me to the point of distraction. Number one, can anyone tell me how the heck Roger knew which ship Brianna would have arrived on? Did I miss something. And number two, exactly why, oh, why was Roger manhandling Bree when he let her out of the tavern? Practically dragged the poor girl. And yes, we've seen his abrupt outbursts and rash behavior in the past episodes, but we've never seen him treat her physically in such a manner. Perhaps as... Blake suggested it was written this way in order to cause conflict in the future with Jamie. I don't know, but I did not like it one bit. And I'll end it here because you guys already touched on some of the great things about this episode. Hugs to you both. And I hope you are feeling better, Mary. Mary, are you feeling better? Yes. Yes, good. A little less stuffiness.
0: Yes, a little less. (laughs) Uh,
2: You know, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe... Roger did some research and figured out, you know, shipping routes um, during the time. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that those manifests and all those things and those routes are there for for any historian who's able to go and check it out. I mean, that's that's probably the most logical explanation. I
0: don't know. I just roll with that one.
2: <laughs> just just suspension of disbelief. That's probably where we should be. All right, Lynn Henderson chimes in. She says, "Blake and Mary, I couldn't agree with more about your take on the brie and." Roger fight. And while it mirrors the fight in the book, it just doesn't work in the show. It all goes back to that phone call a few episodes ago. And first of all, they needed Roger to find out that Bree had gone back in time, hence the phone call. Then they needed Bree and Roger to be separated again. But the writers wrote themselves into a corner with that phone call. So now the fight that happens just doesn't make sense. And this is the biggest problem with an adaptation any change that you can make has a ripple effect and may may cause plot holes in future episodes. And you can fix the plot holes or you can just whistle on past them. But even the fight itself seems out of character to me, at least in Roger's case. Roger seems like a level-headed, rational guy. Yet in both this fight and the fight at the Celtic festival, he just loses his head completely. Yep. Blake, as a show watcher, I would like to get your take on this. Am I just not able to separate the book characterization from Roger on this show, what do you think? Is Roger losing his cool with Bree out of character? Or is it fitting within the show's depiction of the character? Well, I'm gonna put a pause on her comment and I, I will answer that question because she's asking me directly. Okay. Uh, Lynn, I would say, first, you're probably having a hard time separating the characterization of Roger from book Roger to show, to show Roger. And that's not anything bad. It, it is what it is. You, you have already had experience with this character. You already know and love this character. It actually reminds me of... Mary and I just went to Hamilton. Uh, we went to go to, to check it out because, you know, we just love Hamilton. Here comes the General's Washington. And I have listened to the Hamilton soundtrack incessantly. It, 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 it's, it, we, we've been joking. My thoughts in my brain have been replaced with Hamilton lyrics and i know every single breath i know every single intonation i know uh, i know the cadence i know everything from that cd because it has because it hasn't left my car mm-hmm. uh for for months and all i do is just listen to it so we went into hamilton and i i'm like i know all this music i know everything about it and all of a sudden there's a different dude singing it and there's different things happening they have different voices there it's different singing styles and while i was my doors were blown off by the performance it was different i had an expectation and when they made other choices that were on the cd i was like oh that's not as good i don't like that but it's not it's it's not it's not that it's not as good it's just it's just different it's
0: different so just like you said you get used to reading the book you expect one thing they tweak it and you're like what is this is this not good or is it just that it's different and i'm so used to what i know and love
2: right and as far as roger and how he has been portrayed within the show has he been known to just be a little stupid when it comes to brie yeah, I mean, they've already made that leap when it came to the Celtic Festival. So for him to make that leap later on, that's representative of the character in the show for Roger. It may not be like that in the book, but at least in the show, it is. What does not make sense is how the argument happened. It's not, I don't think it's unreasonable. I think, well, personally, I would have never left my wife. I would have never left Mary. I, I, I would stay there No matter what. Because we just got married, bro. You just got done saying this is forever. This is forever.
0: Well, it's not like it's Boston and you're just like, I'm going to take a step out and I'm going to go cool off. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like he's in Bree's apartment and he's like, I'm going to go down to the Packy.
2: Right. Grab a couple of white Christmases. That's
0: it. I'm going to take a little <laughs> stroll around Cambridge. Get
2: some Boston cream pie. Get a
0: Boston cream pie in me and then come back. No, she's not like safely snuggled with Gail and Carrot. Right. Okay? <laughs> Spoiler That's alert. not what's happening. She's in some rando place. Right. Real, like in some rando time, who, le- who leaves that building with the fire unattended this entire time? No <laughs> idea. I was ready for someone to bust in on them and be like,
2: "Oh, oh, hey!"
0: Like, <laughs> 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 like, like Angus, you know when he's like checking on yeah. uh, Claire? <laughs> like I a Rupert. Like I was just picturing that. Um, yeah. No, this is a different time and place. So not not what, Boston.
2: I guess what I'm getting at is people are right. I mean, the argument just doesn't make sense on a, on a character level. I think Roger has shown himself within the show to act a little uh, rashly, but that doesn't mean the argument that they have makes sense within the context. It, it literally, all he had to do was say, I tried calling you. And that's how they fix that plot hole. Yep, That's how they fix it. And, it, it, and that, to me, is lazy writing. That's just lazy writing. And so that's that. And then she continues. Another thought that I had was in regards to the play. I'm not really sure how I feel about this, but I really liked the George Washington of it all. Here comes
4: the general.
2: Washington. And I was totes singing, here comes the general in my head the whole time. <laughs> in addition to Claire completely fangirling out, I really loved the exchange between Washington and Jamie, a... War indeed. And while the cameo and the play itself I can enjoy, to introduce the danger to Murtaugh and the regulators seemed a little contrived to me. The surgery, while from the books, was changed dramatically to Mm -hmm. fit the scenario, and it just doesn't feel natural. Don't get me wrong, I love seeing Claire take charge and showing the 18th century who's boss, but this seems like a waste of time, and we have precious little. Of that. Truly. And it's not that I'm worried about how the rest of the season will play, but I guess I'm just really impatient for Jamie to meet his daughter. Man, I do. Man, do I hope that they get to that part quickly next week. And I'm not sure if how much more waiting I can really take. And I'm really missing the extended family. Young Ian, Fergus, Marcelie and we Jermaine. Who the hell is Jermaine? Wait,
0: hold. Stop it, Blake. The baby. The
2: baron. Oh, oh, oh. The kid's so new. I don't know his name yet. I don't don't know (laughs) Jermaine. Who the hell? Jermaine. Get out of here. Stop it. Stop that. You're going to love Jermaine. I barely even remember the kid being born. You didn't see the baby be born. We
0: just showed up Marsley's making her cheese platter. There you go.
2: <laughs> She's got her charcuterie board. She, you know, she just missed the deli so much. She missed deli meats so much.
0: Oh my God. She was all about it. She was like, Fergus, <laughs> as soon as I have this barn,
2: I want you to go and get me all the pastrami. Go to Shaw's and get me the pastrami and all the turkey. I don't care. What's what's the thing that you're not supposed to eat from the deli meats? Like all deli
0: meats, I know, like. but like,
2: what's the what's the the ingredient that's in the deli meats that you're not supposed to? No,
0: eat? it's because they're afraid that you're going to get like food poisoning, like that like L word. There's some like listeria. Listeria, there you go. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. in deli meats. Well, you it's know what just I mean. That you're more likely to get it. So you like don't go to Subway when you're pregnant.
2: <laughs> Hey, honey, can you can you go to the Star Market? Because
0: it can that can the, the reason for it is for some reason that weird stomach thing, listeria can travel through the placenta and can injure the child.
2: Head, head down to Commonwealth Ave and go to Star Market.
0: Go get me some pastrami. I
2: need some pastrami and bologna like right now. Thinly sliced. I don't like that thick crap. Okay. Jermaine. Jermaine. There get you out go, Blake. Stop. I'm telling you. And on a brief note on Breeze Assault, how about that Sophie Skelton? She was really she really brought it this season, and from the sounds of it, she is not yet done. These last few episodes are going to really be something. All the copays, And I'm not sure if you're aware, but they did actually film the rape. Sophie gave an interview about how she interpreted the scene, playing a condition known as tonic immobility. It's sort of when your body and mind just shut down, almost like a blackout state. And I have to say that it is a very interesting take on it. And part of me would like to see that. But the other part is happy living in denial. I think I may go to tonic immobility just watching it. Um, you know, I kind of like the fact that we didn't see it. It, You know, it, whenever you can talk about it and you, you can visualize it in your head, it's so much scarier thinking about it and that in that boogeyman inside your brain is a lot more effective Mm -hmm. than you know seeing the shark in jaws okay you know that's the whole point Mm -hmm. uh so what do you what do you say we get to the voicemails my darling all right let's uh let's let's get it done
1: Hi, Mary. Hi, Blake. It's Bethany from Tuscaloosa. Hi I'm Bethany. gonna do my best to keep myself together for as long as I can, because I'm in an emotional puddle right now. Oh. And it was all this episode was just so great. It it took me every twisty turn, up and down, fall that you possibly could have taken it. Um, I gave it a full five kilts because it was so great. Um, my good was definitely running into the Washingtons at the theater. Um, I love American history, and I can't wait to see where this goes with Jamie. Obvi hopefully maybe becoming a regulator. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then Claire's whole cherry tree chopping thing. Um my bad, which I'm sure is everyone's bad, for me it was a bad, sad moment, was the rape scene, which I knew we all pretty much kind of low-key knew was coming, at or at least us book readers did, and it was rough to watch for sure. Um Brie, I mean, it was like in the episode at the after show thing where they were like, it's also the best day of her life and the worst day of her life. And that was rough to watch because I love her as a character. I'm just glad we didn't actually get to see it because I don't know if I could have stomached it. Um, so I'm going to move on to my great. I'm going to finish on a solid high note, which was the scene before the rape scene, um, the hand fasting. That was beautiful. Such love and adoration. And both of their eyes had me all in the feels and the sentiments and
4: the love. Good night, guys. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs>
2: good good night. I hope you get some good sleep.
4: Hi, Marion Blake. It's Laura from White Plains. Thanks Laura. for the Regulators episode. I'm going to be quick because I wasn't quick enough the first time. Uh, my good? I won't keep saying Ed Spallier, so this time I'm going to say Governor Tryon. I thought that actress was terrific, and I loved seeing George Washington, so that's kind of a tie. For the bad... Um, I thought it was weird that Lizzie assumed that Roger was a man of bad morals or whatever she said, but it's kind of from the book. And also my other bad was from the book. Um, In the book, it's not true that Roger's calling Brianna to tell her, at least I think in the show, they meant for you to think he's going to tell her about the fire when he calls and just gets her roommate. So it seems like, there's false conflict when they fight because he he should have just told her that, but that's not the way it happened in the book and they have to have the fight. So I just, it just seemed weird. And then he said, you're not going to save people, but he saved his own relatives. I just not sure what's going to motivate Roger next. And then the great was the hand fasting. I just love Roger. I love him in the books. I love him in the show. I think Rick Rick, Rick Rankin is killing it with his face acting and it's hard not to love his accent. Um, so that's about all I have time for. Um, love your podcast. Bye.
2: Thank you, Laura. Great job. Great job. And you know what? You're right. All Roger had to do was say I tried calling you, and but and I'm not repeating myself for the sake of repeating. What I'm getting at is, it all still could have worked. Bree could have still been like. It's not for you to decide when to tell me or if you should tell me. You should have found out and told me immediately, regardless. And she still could have acted irrational. And that is something I can accept. Do you know why I can accept that, Mary? Tell me. Because she's young and stupid, number one. And number two, Roger would have done everything he could to try to explain himself to Bree. And it's just for the fact that Bree wasn't going to accept his explanation. That makes sense to me. Just him saying, "I tried," Mm -hmm. and and her not listening to him. That is true to that. That would be true to that argument.
5: Hey, this is Angie from Seattle. I am sitting in the Delta Sky Lounge in Atlanta uh, on Christmas Eve, heading home to Seattle, and I want to give you my GBGs for the most recent episode. Um, My rating for it is four point eight kilts. I loved it a lot. Um, my good is Murtaugh seeing Fergus again. I thought that was so cute, even though it was brief. Um, and also Fergus saving Murtaugh. Um, my bad was Roger being such a jerk and leaving Brie. Like, who would do that after they legit just got married and promised all those things to each other? It seems very odd. Um, and then my great is, um... You know Roger and Bree's hand fasting um, before he was a jerk. And also just basically my anticipation for next week and the plot moving forward. I'm really excited for these last episodes. Um, so that's my GBGs for this week. I hope you have a great Christmas.
2: Thank you, Angie. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. By the way, all of this spectacular, pristine, gorgeous sound that you hear is coming from the SpeakPipe app. So if you go to outlandacast.com, just click on the button that says engage. A prop, come, a prop down menu will come down and it will say call us. And then you'll see a big blue button that says leave a message with the SpeakPipe app. And it takes advantage of your computer microphone or your smartphone microphone. And it just doesn't it sound great, you know, it does. It sounds beyond great.
6: Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Julie from Oregon. My kilt rating on this episode is 4.2. My good OMG George Washington. Love how Jamie and Claire always run into all the famous people wherever they go. My bad ugh, Roger. He's just awful and not sure why the show is making him such a jerk. It just seems out of character. Not only has he never apologized to Bree for being a big old jerk after his proposal, but he behaves the same way on their wedding night. He can't deal with Brie having any agency. He doesn't even concede that she might have a point or try to understand her feelings. He just starts being all condescending and then bails. So after following her back in time and spending God knows how many months on a boat with Bonnet, he pieces out on his wedding night after an argument. Jamie is 10 times more enlightened than Roger, despite having lived 200 years earlier. And of course the rape was awful, and Outlander does tend to use rape as a plot contrivance, but my anticipatory bad, I'm worried that Brie will be pregnant... And we'll have to live through that tired old plot chestnut of who's the daddy. Please no. My great Claire surgery in front of a theater crowd. She's all up in the dude's intestines like a boss. And then the doctor comes in advocating the blowing smoke up the arse technique. So funny. And she's buying time for Jamie while doing it. Love her as always. Happy holidays, you guys. Thank you
2: so much. Julie, you are, in my opinion, 100% right. We are absolutely going to have to have the Maury Povich episode. (laughs) You are the father. Oh, no.
7: Marion Blake, this is Elizabeth, and I'm so excited to finally be calling in for the first time after three years of listening. Oh, my God, yay. Super special because I found you guys while I lived in hashtag. Wilmington North Carolina oh hey girl I stuck with you because you're so smart and positive and I swear Mary is my soulmate I get oh. all of her random references whoa well, whoa well, out! similar read and take on the series both mm-hmm. book and TV which is why I'm hoping she loved this episode like I did it yes. was my favorite this season so far and I'll tell you why my good, all the supporting cast from Murtaugh and Fergus reuniting to General Washington, mm-hmm. Marsali's relatable new mommy tears. I became one this year and that incredibly well done Stephen Bonnet scene at the end, supporting acting cast on fire. My bad is really just in quotation marks and Tony, Matt and Merrill already addressed it in the after show. It's Roger leaving Brianna and how they wrote it differently I hate that they smudged his character because in the book he promises to find her, but I really believe it's with good reason. It's going to make show watchers more sympathetic with Brie and eventually Jamie in these upcoming episodes. And I truly think they'll redeem Roger by season's end. He is really the sympathetic character in the books and, and they're spreading the love around But my great was the incredible love scene in the barn. It's one of my favorite and the steamiest that Diana has ever written. They did it such justice using direct lines from the book, acted so well by Sophie and Rick. The callback to Jamie and Claire's wedding. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I will watch this again and again. Mm
8: -hmm.
2: Oh, yes, I would agree. And Elizabeth, I just want to let you know I appreciate you. I I appreciate you. (laughs) I get it. Mary is amazing.
0: Oh, my God. Elizabeth. But I'm like so excited. Can we connect on Facebook? Liz- Are we already connected on Facebook? Message <laughs> did me, Did we Elizabeth. just become best friends? I think we just did.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's my soulmate. My soulmate. I can have lots of soulmates. You can be a soul sister.
0: Have I talked to you about soul clusters, Blake? Yes,
2: yes, and you've actually talked about it. Oh, no, you talked about it on our This Is Us podcast. Okay. You talked about soul clusters with. Uh,
0: We're born in soul clusters, says this little hippie woman that took my aura picture, <laughs> and that is why you connect with many people. Maybe in your Elizabeth
2: life. is is part of our she soul might cluster. Be part of our soul cluster. Well, she's part of your soul cluster. She's out. She's she's. Uh, in it might the... be
0: a Venn diagram where she's in mine but not yours. <laughs> she's
2: she's out of the circle of trust. <laughs> Elizabeth, I appreciate you, but you're out of the circle of trust. Stop.
3: Hi, Marion Blake. It's Sharon calling from Chicago. Hi, Sharon. About this week's episode, Wilmington. So, my good, bad, and great, just jump right in. My good was Claire's celebrity sighting of Washington. I just thought that was so great, and her fangirling all over him was so great. And the little inside sort of blurt out that she did about the cherry tree thing is just so great. And it's nice to have a little levity in this episode as well. My bad, um, the continual friction between. Roger and Brie is so hard. It's so hard for me to like them and to ship them as a matter of fact. Um, Right when I think, okay, their love is great. It's all fine. They get together and then they have these knockdown drag out fights where they say awful things about each other. And you just wonder why they're even together. They're like a match made in hell. And I, I think Roger said some really unforgivable things to Bree in this one. So I don't know. I am I know they're, they're together in, in the books and everything. But I don't know. I agree with you, Blake. I don't know why they have to undermine the characters. Um, you're 100% correct. It's just not it, – it just seems a little bit lazy to make them argue and say terrible things like that with no nuance whatsoever. Um, and my like, great is actually you guys um, – Having the lovely episode with Dr. Cars to explain about the regulators, and I understood the episode so much better, and it was just such a nice add-on, and it brought a new depth to that episode. Thanks. Oh,
0: thank you. Sharon,
2: I think this is your second. I'll stand I'm ready. It makes me want to shout.
0: Oh my gosh, not even close.
2: Mainly, be <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs>
0: Makes me want to shout.
2: <laughs> Commandment number three: Blake is not supposed to sing. And, and
0: you're like snap, and you're feeling it. You're like I'm, I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna get this pitch. I'm gonna get. Nope, not. Nah,
2: Makes no. me want to shout. No, bro. like you
0: tried. I tried. I a gave, I gave effort. it a shot.
2: Listen, she got the outstanding because she talked about Dr. Kaz and the regulators episode, but mainly because she said that I was 100 right, and I appreciate Blake, you. Y- you know, you are one. Elizabeth you want to get on my good you want to get back in the circle of maybe trust Elizabeth your, maybe she's in your uh, yeah if you want to get back in the circle of trust tell me that I'm 100% right maybe I'll let you back in don't
0: worry Elizabeth I tell him every single day <laughs> that he's wrong
2: you're out too you're out me? no
9: No. hey Mary and Blake this is Lauren from Georgia um, this episode was definitely a 4.9 for me um, my good was the hand fast ceremony I loved everything about it It reminded me so much of when Jamie and Claire got married. Um, It was sweet. It was raw. It was heartfelt. Um, Even though it was two totally different circumstances, um, it it really took me back to that moment. My bad was the rape. I know I'm only a show watcher. I don't read the book. So I know it had to happen, but I just wish it could have been different. Maybe like it almost happened and then Roger walked in and saved the day or Jamie walked in and saved the day. Because now I know will just be changed forever and that just in a way breaks my heart Mm -hmm. um and my great was and this is for you Blake yes Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love the plug in of, of George Washington um I'm a big um I just love history and i love american history and so just seeing him out i had that feeling like claire had like oh my god that's that's george washington um and i loved hearing her explain who he was to jamie and how important that he was going to be to um this country so that is it for me and i'm so excited for next week uh thank you guys so much bye-bye
2: lauren dropping her own george washington hamilton drop
0: All the outstanding stuff. Hold
2: on,
0: stuff. here we go. Makes me Closer. It's
2: better, right? Better. See, that was better. Lauren. <laughs> Lauren's in the circle of trust, too. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate that.
10: Hi. My name is Maureen Edwards from Edmonds, Washington. Hey, Hi, hey, hey. I'm a first-time caller, but a long-time listener to Outlander Cast, and a This Is Us 2 super nerd. Yes. Yes. I give this episode five kilts. For me, this was the best episode of the season. My good. Firstly plus baby Germain. All the lovey feels. Fergus and Myrta reunited. Yes. When Fergus said, My lord sent me, Myrta was like, Oh, this is no doubt definitely Fergus. Yep. (laughs) The George Washington celebrity sighting. Loved it. I love how every time Claire acts like a dork, Jamie is attracted (laughs) like a moth to the flame. (laughs) My bad. These are pretty silly, so that's why it's still a five kilter for me. Ian is missing again by Ian. Bye Ian. Why did Roger say Fiona didn't think he should tell Bree about the fire and why didn't he say he tried to call Brie? I trust the show will smooth this out later though. My great For a minute there it looked like Roger forgot he wanted to be engaged to Bree before he put his wand in her chamber of secrets. <laughs> Bree had to remind him and looks he looks Snaps. so bummed out. I laughed. You're a and wizard he tells him that she'll marry him and he's the happiest man all over again. I just loved that whole exchange. The hand fasting and rumpy pumpy were beautiful, but side note, was that an air mattress? We should have (laughs) known Roger was a hairy beast the moment they dressed him in those hobbit pants. Just saying. (laughs) Blake, you brought up the notebook and PS I love you, but the explosions between Roger and Bree reminded me of Jamie and Claire's first big fight in episode 109, The Reckoning. They were fighting dirty, and by the end, you could see they both regretted their words but a couple of Mackenzie Frasers admitting it straight away? Nah. Anyway, I loved it. Next great. The way the rape with Bonnet was handled. If this was their first time rape was depicted on Outlander, I would say they were not doing the victim justice and just trying to gloss over it. However, I don't think anyone can say the show has not already thoroughly covered the horrors of rape. I feel this was the right choice from a directorial Mm -hmm. standpoint, and the viewers did not need to see the act this time. Cutting to the men willfully ignoring Bree's screams and the wide-open door, it all added to the helplessness of Brianna's situation. As a viewer, I was appropriately horrified and furious. Afterward, when Bonnet stops Bree to remind her to take her mother's ring in payment, oh man, that was BJR-level villainy. Mm -hmm. That's it for me. Thank you, guys.
2: Maureen, with a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame (laughs) pun... Hall of Fame pun. Which one? <laughs> Put his wand in her chamber of secrets.
8: <laughs>
2: that was fracking awesome. We love you, Maureen. Oh. So say we all. Oh, that was great. Good stuff.
0: Hi, Marion and Blake. This is Courtney
11: from Bellingham, Washington. Hey, Courtney. Um, I just wanted to say hello and just defend... Um, Roger, a little bit because I love Roger um, in the books and on the show. One of the things that I wanted to say is that when he leaves, um, most people, when they're in an argument, they need some time to cool off. And that's something that I have come to realize in my marriage um, of 16 years. When my husband and I get in an argument, he usually leaves for, you know, five, 10 minutes and comes back and feels a little bit better. So we can you know, discuss things calmly. I kind of looked at their relationship in that same way. And, um, you know, one of the reasons I love Brie and Roger is because they're a real couple. Um, Nothing is perfect, you know, Jamie and Claire aren't really always perfect, but I love that um, Brie and Roger are more of a real couple. So um, I just wanted to give my two cents on that. Keep up the
2: awesome work. Thanks, Courtney. I appreciate the realism. Trust me. Mary has to often oh, take I a walk, walk away I'm from I'm the me. walker she, in the family. She, she, she goes and sees Dolphin Tale.
0: Oh, that was bad. <laughs> I had to take such a long walk that I was like, I'm going to go to a movie. And then I went to Dolphin Tale <laughs> by myself, guys. And uh, some punk teenagers came in halfway through. They didn't pay for their ticket. They just came in. And you want to know what they were doing? They were talking. So I called the movie theater from my seat and I said, some punk teenagers just came into theater number seven while I'm watching Dolphin Tale by myself.
2: I'm a 30 year old woman.
0: Watching, you know, 430 on a Saturday showing of Dolphin Tale. With a bunch
2: of toddlers.
0: No, nobody else was in the theater Uh but me. It was just me oh, cooling off from my fight with Blake.
2: Oh, so so you're the $11 that that movie made.
0: <laughs> yes. And then they came and they kicked those teenage punks out and I enjoyed watching Winter swim again. <laughs> well done, Winter. Well done. Nerds!
2: Oh. But
0: yes, I'm the walker.
2: Oh man. Blake's Like,
0: let's keep talking, and I'm like, I nope, nope. Oh. I need some winter. <laughs> I need some
6: dolphin
2: tail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, we got the last one here. You See, ready? You don't know way too much about me.
2: Oh, <laughs> here we. go. You're such a Gryffindor.
0: What? What do you mean? These people came in here. They didn't pay their money, so well, I need. <laughs> if they had been quiet, I would have let it slide. You know, I was already in a bad mood. Yes. It was like the climax of the story. You're starting to get worried.
2: (laughs) The the, the dolphin swims?
0: He's going to drown. Okay? (laughs) You've obviously never seen Dolphin Tale 1 or (laughs) 2. I didn't even know they made a second one. (laughs) (laughs) And have you visited him in Clearwater, Florida? Why would I ever visit Winter? (laughs) Because that's what I'm doing in May. I'm visiting that dang... And when I go to Clearwater, you better believe it—it's on my to-do list.
2: <laughs> Winter,
0: you and I have been through some hard times together. <laughs> Can you believe you never visited him? What? It's thanks to him that people have like prosthetic, uh-huh. movable body parts oh, because God. Morgan Freeman figured it out.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're welcome, Blake. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sweating. Good. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> oh, God, I love the listener feedback episodes, dude. I love doing them. They're the best. All right, here we go. Last one.
8: Hi, Marion Blake. It's Kathy from Cleveland. Happy holidays. Thank you. I was all set to give a long exposition on how this episode illustrates the airing of grievances. But my grievance is that you figured out that it aired on Festivus before I got the chance. Hmm. <laughs> to write my listener feedback i take notes given that a i was more than a bit tipsy b i have doctor handwriting and c i was using a calligraphy fountain pen that i got for christmas god knows why making sense of my notes in the light of day was kind of a hoot but here goes i'm given this episode 4.8 kilts my good brianna gets the award for the most hilarious pillow talk line ever Well, you didn't say anything. You just lay there like somebody hit you over the head. I was dying. (laughs) My bad. The level of medical melodrama in this episode was really over the top. I sometimes wonder whether they have medical consultants who are of dubious competence or they have good ones and just completely ignore them. Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ, do they really expect us to believe that someone absolutely must have surgery in public because they will die of a fracking hernia and the time it would take to move them to someplace private? And I'll buy it. My great, it took me a long time to warm to Roger and Bree in the books, but now I'm completely on board with them as a couple, even though I seriously want to smack them both repeatedly. Happy New Year and see you next week.
2: Thank you very much, Kathy. Thank you. That actually finally does it for the listener feedback for this episode. Marvin. Yes, darling. You want to talk more about Winter the Dolph? Nope. Oh, man, that was good. That was good stuff. Morgan Freeman came in and saved the day. That's how it works. He did. You're welcome. All right, you ready to close this bad boy out? <laughs> yes. All right, let's do it. Oh, I messed it up. Hold yes,
0: on. Yes, you did. Look at you. Listen to feedback. we new do Well, we already watched 409 but it's okay.
2: So yeah, I'm not going to do the whole trailer thing because we're just, we're just going to go watch the episode right now right after this. Yeah. Is that the, is that fair? Yeah. Okay.
0: So, apologies, but this is what happens in the holidays from here on out though.
2: Yeah, we're going to be right on smooth track. Smooth sailing. Yeah.
0: Smooth sailing. So, speaking of sailing, we would love for you to come to the City by the Sea, Newport, Rhode Island on Sunday Great transition! Honey, I wasn't on television for nothing ah, For God. nothing, okay oh, I may be enjoying Some dolphin tail, but I can transition <laughs> Like it's my J-O-B So, we would love for you to come To The City by the Sea, Newport, Rhode Island Sunday, January 27th And you might be like, that's weird, that's kind of crazy Like, it's New England, it's the winter Exactly You know what happens in the winter? Seasonal depression you yes. need to get out. You need to get some vitamin D. You got to if you don't have a scarf, my mom will knit you one. Okay? Come on <laughs> over and you can watch the finale with so many other Outlander nerds that you've been able to talk with in the Outlander cast clan, that you've been able to hear their voices here on the voicemail feedback right here. If you're worried that you're like, I don't know anybody, you know us, okay? I'm a podcast listener myself, guys. You guys are all my friends. You are all in my soul cluster. So I want you to come. If you've been thinking about it, please.
2: Except you, Elizabeth. Join us. (laughs) Elizabeth's out of the circle of trust. Elizabeth's
0: not in your Venn diagram part, as I said. (laughs) Some of you might be in the Venn diagram. You know what I'm talking about, Blake? Where the two circles oh, intersect? Yeah. I
2: know. I, I get it. I get it.
0: I just didn't know because your SAT scores are so much lower than mine. I didn't know if you knew oh, what
2: that meant. Oh my <laughs> goodness.
0: That's what you get that's what you get for busting on my winter oh my don't mess with the dolphin (laughs) (laughs) so my friends we would love for you to come it really would be amazing and it is going to be amazing and if you're too far if you just can't if you just had a baby and you're like girl you don't want me there I'm chilling. I'm, I'm just doing my thing. I'm, I, I got you. Wait, what? Listen, when I had a baby, yeah, I wanted to go to so many things. I had so much FOMO, and I was leaking out of everywhere. I was crying <laughs> and eating all the Oreos, and I was just like, I miss life. Okay, that's when she cried over grits. Oh well, no, that was when I was pregnant.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it, you're was, right. Oreos it was Oreos. It was Oreos.
0: So. Just know we got you, booze. We got you, Boos. We really want to thank all of our patrons because they help make this show possible. You can become a patron at OutlanderCastClan.com for as little as $2 a month. You get extras. You get giveaways. You get amazing things. Thank you to Angie, Carolyn, Selin. I'm going to do it right. Got a girl. I got you. I got you, girl. Cheryl, Diane, Heather, Jennifer, Lauren, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Patricia. Don't do that one. I know how to say it in real life. Hold on. Hold on.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. What, what is happening right now?
0: name I never know how to say. Patricia? No.
2: Si- Siobhan.
0: <laughs> I never know how to say Siobhan.
8: That was <laughs> hard.
2: Do you remember that time I, Mary tried to pronounce TBH and how her brain stopped? Siobhan, this is Siobhan's
0: first time being at the associate producer level and she's like... She's like, everyone knows how to say my name, except this this broad,
2: Mary Larson. Mary came to a grinding halt over Siobhan.
0: Siobhan needs like some extra love. Siobhan, we're going to send you some extra love, okay? summer. Those are all of our associate producers, our co-producers. None of you better have our names for me. Here we go. Barbara, Carolyn, Christina, Dana, Dietta, Janet, Jenny, Keelan, Kirsty, Lisa, Liz, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Rita, Sharon, Sue, Tara, Tina, and Tracy, and our executive producers, Anne, Bobby, Jen, Katie, Martha, Peg, and Sarah. Siobhan, I'm giving you extra props. Guys, you want to know what the problem is?
2: I laughed so. My name's hard. Mary. I, I pulled. I pulled the cord out of my headphone.
0: My name's Mary, and so it's just like so uh-huh. basic, and I never got to learn.
2: Marvin, the how music's to speak. ending.
0: <laughs> what else do I need to do?
2: I don't know. Should I just play the music again?
0: Do we need to do anything else?
2: No, I think we're good. Did you, you you thanked everybody? Is there right? a
0: giveaway in this episode? No, we
2: already we already did the giveaways. Oh, yeah, we already did the giveaways.
0: Then I messed that up because in the beginning of this episode I said you're gonna learn about some giveaways. We uh, lied. Well, whatever. You'll actually learn about it in the next the episode because yeah. we're recording one, like right away. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Sorry for the listener feedback episode. My name's Mary.
2: I'm Winter. Winter the dolphin. <clears throat> Got to go to gonna go to the star market and get myself. Oh my gosh. Get myself some some deli meats. <laughs>
0: And then you've been listening to Outlander Cast. Got
2: to get myself some Listeria.